0: All right, welcome back this week, ladies and gents, and there is trouble brewing already even as we get into the start of the week here. So we've talked before about ESG and these mandates that have been put out by the WEF. If you haven't seen any of these videos before, you can find them on my channel, but I'll just very briefly touch upon it on the shared screen for a moment just to either remind you or to give context to people that don't know about ESG and the sort of devastating effect that it is having at the moment. And if like me, you don't like ESG or the mandates around it, then there are some good news this week, especially if you are an investor, because lawmakers in the USA are actually now fighting back against the world economic forum's uh, esg mandates which stands for environmental social and governance now that probably sounds like a good thing you might think neil why would you be against environmental helping the environment social helping social justice causes and governance well wait what is governance well it's basically control it's telling companies how they can do business where they can do business who they can trade with who they have to give special discounts to and all sorts of other crazy crazy things but it's the governance is basically a a complete form of control over not just companies but also different governments now And if you want to see who has a perfect ESG score, that is Sri Lanka. So under the WEF, Sri Lanka actually has an almost perfect score at 98.1. But wait, you may say, Neil, didn't you make a, a video about Sri Lanka just five months ago and how they would, you know, have this... Well, in fact, I made a video a long time before this on Sri Lanka, but five months ago was when it collapsed and the whole palace was overrun and they became a failed state so how did i know that was going to happen and let's link this back to the wef and i'll show you how i knew this is the website as usual everything in terms of these big problems stems from the same place so how can we measure how good companies are So Sri Lanka was the test case for ESG, which started a long, long way back, actually. And they wanted them to stop using fertilizers that were made from what they call fossil fuels, you know, natural gas and things like this. They wanted Sri Lanka to stop that and do it all naturally. And of course, we all knew what was going to happen if you remove all of the fertilizers, which are responsible for much higher yields, then you're gonna have a problem with food output. And that's exactly what happened. And as a result, Sri Lanka had to then import all of the things that they needed, uh, including food. They had to import loads of other things, but a lot of it was food. So of course this started draining their, their currency reserves and all sorts of other problems happened as a result. So I think we can say that the lead country on ESG that was praised as this glowing vision of how it all works um, was a failed experiment because it completely collapsed the country. So now let's look at uh, what this is then. So again, environmental, social, and governance. And the whole premise of this is that investors and governments around the world will only make ESG-based investments, or as they say here, companies that claim good ESG performance. So this is where they actually look at what's most important. So it's climate, gender pay gap, diversity, equity, inclusion. Okay, so you might look at that and say, well, that sounds good, Neil, isn't it? Surely that's a good thing to shrink the, the gender pay gap and the diversity pay gap. Sure, I'm definitely not arguing against that. And I would say, yes, of course, these are good things. We always want to be diverse and fair in everything we do. I think that's um, something we can all agree on, but that's not the problem. The problem is pushing that at the expense of efficiency and profitability. And we live in a capitalistic society where these things are what drives the economy. Now, I'm not going to get into all of that today because there's a lot more to it and it it is a lot more complex than that. But let me just show you this then. So the question was, will ESG disclosures be mandatory? And the answer was, that's right. So they're saying it will be a mandatory requirement to report under this directive. And again, you've got to keep asking well they're not a government it's a private organization so how do they get all the governments around the world to follow this mandate well the answer is a lot of the politi- in fact the world leaders are part of the wef that's how so they're saying in the first draft that this reporting should be implemented in 2020 So that's how long you've got before this becomes mandatory. However, there's a lot of pushback, and we'll come on to that. But here is BlackRock, largest company in the world. Uh, We all know about BlackRock and the dark side of BlackRock. So they are the partner to the WEF, who also are the biggest investment fund in the world and are pushing ESG. So you see they are all connected. Here's Larry Fink. He's CEO of uh, BlackRock and he is also a WEF member. And he's always said that he's gonna force, so work hard to force people to change behaviors in order to meet the ESG stuff. But the problem is there's a lot of dark and sinister things associated with ESG. Uh, What a lot of people are now calling, you know, the, the, the financial side of wokeism, because they're able to influence a lot of things that you wouldn't normally have happen naturally in a society. So a proportion of the money that's going into investments is allocated towards ESG, so social things, so social justice. Do you think it's just a surprise that we've seen a lot of events happen, taking place all the time now? Where where did the funding come from? Who funded these things? Well, the funding is coming from what, let's say, they're not even politicians, they are world leaders who consider that these things are important. But then you ask, well, who says that? Well, it's dictated by the WEF and other organizations. And these are what's known as technocrats. So they're not bureaucrats, they're technocrats. But one example I can give you of the craziness of this is that, uh, look at Sri Lanka, look at their almost perfect score. Because they put out less carbon and they did all this other stuff, well, it's the same with a lot of companies. If you look at the companies that have got the, uh, the highest uh, score, ESG score, it's not that they're necessarily putting out less carbon because they're doing this carbon offsetting, which is a complete scam, uh, paying money to offset carbon elsewhere, which often doesn't even get offset. It's just a way to get a tick in the box and to get a higher ESG score, which then attracts more investment. The other problem is somewhat an infiltration-based problem in that a lot of these people who are, um, their whole life, career has been pushed towards ESG and maintaining it and implementing it. And now you have some of these people who actually sit in senior positions In the White House, for example, they sit, not just the White House though, it's Canada and the UK and Australia and the European Union, a lot of, it's a lot of countries that are in this same boat and they are put there to push this agenda. Now, just last week, Vanguard was the first big, big company that caved into pressure and they actually left this organisation, which is the Net Zero Asset Managers Initiative. So they have $66 trillion of assets under management. That's what AUM stands for. That is mind-boggling. But if you think that's a lot, then let's come back to my least favorite organization, GFANS, the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero. And what is their commitment? What is their entire organization made up for? That is the decarbonization of the economy. Now, you remember that video I I made on this in massive detail and I showed you how crazy this was and how worrying or concerning their goals really are because they have no regard for human life, in my opinion, when they're doing this. And you can see that from the interviews where they've said, well, many people will die as a result of this. Yes, there will be starvation. There will be famine. There will be problems with energy where people won't be able to heat their homes. So they actually admit to all of these things, which they are bringing about. But they say that it's a short-term pain now, i.e., hundreds of millions of people could die from this. It's a short-term pain now in order to save the planet in, you know, 30 years time. So I would love to know in the comments below what you think about that. And if you saw my uh, documentary piece on that, uh, what did you think about that? So this is where the pushback has now started. So this just came out on December 8th from Arizona State Treasurer Kimberly Yee. So let's have a look what she Had to say here then. At the beginning of this year, I led in the national divestment, i.e. funds going out, effort to remove any exposure we had with BlackRock. In February 2022, my office divested more than $543 million from BlackRock money market funds and reduced our direct exposure to BlackRock by 90%. 7% this year. She then ended with this line here. We will continue to fight back against the dangerous path of companies pushing their social issues and wokeism inside of the investment space and return to traditional money management that puts the people first. We then had this article that came out just yesterday. So they're calling it right-wing politicians are pushing back against ESG policies. Uh, So last week, Vanguard, an investment advisor with more than $7 trillion in global assets, announced that it was reversing course and abandoning its commitment to the net zero asset managers initiative that it joined in 2021. So that was this one here. And since then, more have followed. Florida as well is pulling $2 billion from BlackRock, now, what concerns me and should concern many of you is that where do you think the states have got this money from? This is not the state's money. This is pension money, i.e. this could be your pension. And it doesn't matter which country you're in. There's a high chance that your pension money is being invested into these ESG investments as well. Which i'll show you in a moment do not return in a statement florida cfo said the state's treasury which he oversees would remove blackrock as manager of about 600 million dollars of short-term investments and have its custodian freeze 1.43 billion of long-term securities so they're going to reallocate this money to other money managers by the start of 2023 patronus accused blackrock of focusing on ESG rather than higher returns for investors. Florida's treasury division is divesting from BlackRock because they've openly stated that they've got other goals than producing returns. And yet, Reuters here are claiming that US Democratic officials have argued that BlackRock does not press ESG concerns enough. So far, only Republican-controlled states have made major reallocations away from BlackRock. Earlier this week, Republican attorney generals from various states asked a federal regulator to limit Vanguard Group's activities over ESG concerns. And I think that explains then why Vanguard have now done this u turn because of this request to the federal regulator. So let's look at this as we conclude then as to just how effective these ESG investments are. For those of you who do uh, think they're very effective and you love investing in these things because you think they are the future, If you've done my stock market course you'll know i have the complete opposite belief i don't believe they are the future and i believe people are going to lose money on these things well let's see how these investments have fared well not that well it seems according to this article and the research on this is pretty good to begin with esg funds certainly perform poorly in financial terms in a recent journal of finance paper University of Chicago researchers analyzed the Morningstar sustainability ratings of more than 20,000 mutual funds representing over $8 trillion of investor savings. Now, just a reminder as well from the course here I'm talking about, index funds and mutual funds are very different things. Most people assume they are the same, but they are not. Make sure that you know whether you're invested into an index or a mutual fund you'll know uh, pretty much straight away anyway by the fees. With an index fund, you're gonna pay almost nothing. With a mutual fund, you're gonna have a lot more management and pay much higher fees. Um, I much prefer index funds over mutual funds. So a little tip there, if you haven't taken my stock market course, to actually check that with your fund manager. Although the highest rated funds in terms of sustainability certainly attract more capital than the lowest rated funds none of the high-sustainability funds outperformed any of the lowest-rated funds. That result might be expected, and it is possible that investors would be happy to sacrifice financial returns in exchange for better ESG performance. Unfortunately, ESG funds don't seem to deliver better ESG performance either. So, this is what these researchers found at both Columbia University and the London School of Economics, LSE. So they compared all of these different funds, 147 ESG portfolios, and 2,428 non-ESG portfolios. So you've actually got a much bigger range in the non-ESG, and they found that the companies in the ESG portfolios had worse compliance. So not only are they saying that they're doing all these things, that they're actually doing a worse job of doing it for labor and environmental rules. They also found that they did not subsequently improve compliance with labor or environmental regulations. But this is not an isolated finding. A recent European corporate government's institution paper compared the ESG scores of companies invested in the US, so 684 and 6,481 institutional investors that did not sign up to the PRI during 2013 to 2017. So what did they find? Well, the financial returns were lower and the risk higher for the PRI signatory. So these are the people that went into the ESG investments. They got lower returns with higher risk. Now, look, let me just say one other thing. I am not against the values that ESG is all about. That's not the problem. That's not what I'm against. What I'm against is that you have huge amounts of funding that are being pushed into ESG under false pretenses, and that it's a control measure. That's what I don't like, and the fact that it only funds one political side. It doesn't fund the other side, almost ever. So that's the other problem I have, and that if you, as a company or whatever else, you're giving donations to one side, you get a higher score and that boosts you and allows you to get cheaper finance and more. You see, it's obvious where this is going. It's a control metric to bring about exactly what they've been talking about bringing about for a long time now. Does that mean I don't like the Democrats or I think they're bad? No. I I think most people are are good people. and I've said that a lot of times. But what you're seeing is these extremes coming in And they're the ones getting all the media attention. So you're seeing these very extreme people on the left having control of a lot of this ESG and the finance that accompanies it. And because of that, when you have the political control and you have the financial control, you pretty much have the control and you can write the laws however you want. And this is the concern. So overall, I do think that a fight a fight back has started against ESG. And just by putting that little bit of pressure on, we've already seen Vanguard cave in. Uh, Now let's see if BlackRock does. Uh, I think that'll be a big ask because they are part of the organization that created it in the first place and they have a large financial incentive. But if enough states and companies were to pull their money from BlackRock and their investments, it would probably sway them over the edge. So we'll continue to monitor this. We'll see how it goes. Uh, But apart from that, thanks for watching today. Take care. God bless. I'll see you tomorrow.